Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 3, Term 3. This is Lesson 26. We are going to continue where we left off in 2 Kings Chapter 5. Now we are looking at an incident with um, Elisha and uh, <laughs> Naaman, the Syrian. Uh, he's, he's just come to the place where he, he's offended <laughs> because Elisha sent a messenger out to him. And I'll pick it up in verse 10, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10. Elisha sent a message out to him with the message, Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of leprosy. And verse 11 says, But Naaman became angry and stalked away. Okay, I thought he would surely, you know, he's walking off, you know, he's stalking off. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, he goes, mm, he's mumbling to himself. You know, I surely thought he would come in, uh, you know, I, I thought he would surely come out to meet me. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over uh, the leprosy and call on the name of, of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Verse 12. Oh, I want to preach on that some more. Anyway. People have a very specific idea of how they want to receive what they're asking for as well, by the way. So he says, uh, verse 12, Aren't the uh, Abana River, and I don't know these rivers, okay? This other river of Damascus, better than all these rivers of Israel put together. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? See, now he's, he's deciding this is the way it should have been. If I'm going to wash in the river, I'll at least pick a clean one. Okay? So Naaman turned <coughs> and went away in a rage. All right? Now, I've, I've said this now of Christians as well. It's typical of Christians even today. They want God to take care of their problems their way, not His way. Alright, okay, so not just unbelievers. Verse 13, But his officer tried, officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Pause for effect. You know, he needs to think about this for a minute. You know, he's saying, would you, would you have done this? If, if it was something hard, would you do it? You can see Naaman going, mm, yeah, okay. So they're saying, all right. So you should certainly obey him when he says simply to go wash yourself and be cured. You go, what is the big deal here? Why is it not hard enough for you? <laughs> okay, all right. Verse 14. So... Thank God Naaman listened. Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him and his flesh became as healthy as a young child's and he was healed. Now, sadly they don't give us any more detail than that. I don't know whether every time he came up his flesh got nicer and nicer. Or whether he went down six times. No, this is not going to work. Came up the seventh time. Ta-da. I don't know. Okay. Thing was, he went in a leper. He came out healed. Amen. All right. Now, if we were religious, you know what we'd have done? It's a healing river. We are selling this bottle for five ninety five. It's the same river that Naaman was healed of leprosy. If you bought this, not me. <laughs> Come on now. Are you all here? See, we have to be very careful as God starts doing some, you know, unbelievable things, basically, from the world's point of view. Okay, in our midst, we have to be careful to resist all those people that will want to cash in on it. Listen to me, family. I need to make this, I need to say this now. All right? See, you're coming to Bible college for a reason. I need to share things with you so that when they start turning up in our church and when things start happening, I need you to say, don't even think about taking that to the pastor. I mean, don't even go there. 
Okay, and you guys need to be able to say that to people. You need to say, I've been in that, you know, I've been with him, Bible college, for 20 years. We did the life of Jesus. Okay, and <laughs> just, just finished, yep. Okay, just say, I'm telling you, it won't be pleasant. Don't go in there with that. He will not be happy. He's not looking for a business opportunity. Amen. He's looking for God's instructions. That's it. End of story. Because I'll tell you something, I have seen this happen in the past. And people always have some little bright idea that they want to bring. And they want to do. And you know, we can make money from this. And we can do... Be careful. But you can do your new building. No, no, no. Not that way. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve God. You can have money and serve God. But you can't serve God and money. Do you get it? So, verse 15, then Naaman and his entire party went back. See, it didn't say they went back home. Watch this now. Went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, I know at last there is no God in all the world except in Israel. What has just happened? What happened? He got saved. Do you see this? Stubborn. Other religion. Worshipping other gods. Got upset with the man of God. And he gets saved. He comes and says, there's no one else. See, when you confess him as your God, you're there. That, that, that's all the words lead to that one, this one sentiment. There isn't anybody else like you, God. That's it. You're saved. Yeah, but you didn't say... Shh, listen. (laughs) It's what you are believing in your heart, not all the rhetoric that comes out of your mouth. Amen? And watch now, he says, please accept my gifts. What gifts? Remember the gifts? uh, 750 pounds of silver? 150 pounds of gold. <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know. Oh, they said, yeah, baby. Uh, we can build a school for the prophets. <laughs> Hello. But watch Elisha. But Elisha replied. Now Elisha's talking to Naaman. Do you notice this? Before he didn't. Okay. Naaman has now come back with the right attitude. We know his attitude wasn't right because he had all these... See, if... Now, now watch, now watch. Can I, I'll share this with you now. Are you ready for this? Had Elisha done what we would have done and thought, oh, we should go and see him. He's an important person. That is an important person. You should go and see him. Get this? If we did that, then we would have been in a position to be manipulated. Because we're there. And Naaman would have... Remember what Naaman said? I thought he would at least come out, wave his hand. So if Elisha came out, Naaman would have said, wave your hand, get me healed. And if Elisha turned around and said anything, Elisha would be standing there. That would be a target now. All the the archers uh, aim at him. If you don't come and put your hand on me, you're dead today, you die. And he doesn't have. He doesn't know that you know about the lightning thing from heaven, and you know. Okay, he didn't get that news. But do you know what I'm trying to say? It could have got really bad. See, there's a reason why God tells you to do certain things, and why all your etiquette and all that. But that's the right thing to do. All that goes down the drain. 
You listen to what God is saying. So Elisha didn't put himself in a position where then God had to maybe wipe out the army. See, God's always working things to such a degree that, you know, later on when we look back, we go, oh, that's why you told me don't go out. Because it had been very easy for Naaman to threaten my life. Elisha is saying this, okay? Threaten my life and force me to do something, even though, you know, we would have wiped them all out. And then what? Then what? We go to war with them. Because that guy liked Naaman, you know, the king of the other, you know, came to get healed and got killed. We can't find anybody. No, okay? You know, when God takes them out, He takes them out. Amen. Listen to me. So you, can you see all the things that were missed because He did exactly what God told Him? And it wasn't the right thing? It was, it was out of etiquette, but it was God? It wasn't good, but it was God. But now He comes back. Now God says, you don't think God spoke to Elisha and said, go out now. He goes, oh, now you want me to go? Okay. Amen. Amen. So now he goes out. Why? Because everything has changed now. So he says, Elisha says, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gifts, Elisha refused. That is so important. Listen. We don't sell grace. Do you hear me? We don't sell miracles. We don't sell mercy. For this price, we'll absolve you of that sin. For that price, and I won't say anymore. But we don't sell God. Do you hear me? See, if we truly believe that God will meet all of our need according to His riches in glory then we must never take things that people are trying to... See, they're trying to buy their way into heaven. Don't let them. Because if you did that, if, if Elisha took that money, then Naaman will come to the conclusion that he can buy his way into heaven, so to speak. I gave money, so I'm getting in. Elisha wants, what Elisha wants to do is say to Naaman, you don't need to pay God to get in. You just have a right attitude and you do what is right and you'll get in. Do you hear what I'm saying? And we have to have that same uh, message to people. We have to, that's what we preach by what we do. This stuff isn't for sale. Amen. No matter how much money you offer us, you better get your heart right. Remember that's what happened in, 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 uh, in the New Testament, book of Acts. They said, how much for this? We can see that you use the name of Jesus and you deliver people. You do stuff that, woo, you know, that's pretty awesome. And he said, this stuff isn't for sale. Amen? Amen. There's a whole story behind that, because it didn't go so well, but there's a reason why it didn't go so well back then. It wasn't that they were being horrible to this guy. Anyway, back to this. Then Naaman said, verse 17, Alright, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again offer any... Oh, see? See what happened? I will never again offer any burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. Oh, got, got a key person saved here. Did it exactly the way it should have been done. Changed his heart, changed his view, changed everything. 
Now you know Satan doesn't give up. He'll still try to do something on the side and try to do stuff. But I need you to realize something. Even if you do all the right things and somebody else does something stupid and wrong, it won't compromise what you did. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master the king goes into the temple, li- now listen to this, okay? Temple of the god uh, Rimon to worship there and leans on my arm. May the Lord pardon me when I bow too. And Elijah said, you're not saved. You better not go worship other gods. The wrath of God shall fall upon thee, and thou shalt die surely. And all thy household is not what it says. Yeah, 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 smite thee. You know, those, those fellows. Please see what happens. Naaman has been incredibly delivered. And he says, I got one small problem. Okay, I don't want to offend the king. And Elisha didn't say, well, it's more important that you don't offend God. Is what we would say. Uh, Please see this. Please get this. Elisha didn't say any of those things. He says, go in peace. So Naaman started home again. There's something else that happens here. I don't want to go into it today. Okay? But I want you to notice that Elisha didn't have a problem with that. Elisha didn't have a problem with him going into the temple of a foreign god and bowing his knee. Do you know why? Because his heart wasn't in it. Exactly right. We get so religious. We see all these martyrs. We'll never bow. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, really? You know, if in your heart you bow, then we have a problem. Who cares what your body does? We always say it's the intent of the heart that matters. It's where your heart is that really matters in everything that you do. You can do something with a bad attitude, and it's as much as you're not doing it. Or you could really want to do something, have a really good heart, but not be able to do it, and God sees it as done. Do you get this? See, we preach one side and we say something else. We, we, we never line it all up. I want to line it up with, for you today. Don't be worried. No. I'm going to say something. Take it in the spirit of what I've just taught you. If you need to do some things, if you are you know, with someone and you're in a place where they're holding some kind of religious ceremony and you know, they want you to participate and everything, and you know what our answer is? Oh, we're Christians, we don't do that stuff. Pagan God. Wow, really? Really? Seriously? Don't do that. You know where your heart is. God knows where your heart is. He's not going to watch your body and go, Did you see what their body did? Uh, I know they worship me, but look at what their body is doing. No. He sees your heart. He knows your heart. If you're saying God, He goes, don't worry about it. See, you know why we get caught up in that? Because we get religious. We're not powerful. Who cares if you're kneeling, but when you lay hands on the sick, they recover. Who cares? You know, the priest there doing the ceremony drops over. You go, hang on a second. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> he goes, forget my God. What did you just do? No. <laughs> See, we, we, we miss so many things, family. We miss so many things because we're fighting for religion. And there's no reality. There's no power. 
So all we have are words. And the Apostle Paul say, says, I didn't come in word, but in deed. Amen? And we're still to get to that place. But we need to learn before we get there. You're learning. Amen? Amen. And can I say this? When your heart gets filled with strife and anger, and you know, you know some, some religious thing is going on, and you're getting upset... You are compromising the engine that drives your faith and, and produces power. Be careful. There's a difference between... Okay, I need to throw this out because otherwise we're, we're going to leave this lopsided. You know, if somebody is doing something that is not right, okay, and you see some kind of injustice going on, then of course that's going to be a problem to you. Okay, that's something you can't be a part of. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. But that's different to you not creating strife and problems in a situation that could be peacefully managed and dealt with, handled and dealt with. You understand? Okay. Please, please know the difference. All right. The thing is we're standing up for the wrong things and keeping quiet about the things that we should be standing up for. That's where our problem is. Let's get back to Luke chapter 4. So this is what uh, Jesus was making reference to, two specific and pointed incidents in the Old Testament where the prophets of God were not appreciated by the people of Israel and so were only able to minister to Gentiles. Isn't that interesting? All right? John MacArthur confirms that both the widow of Zarephath and Naaman the Syrian were Gentiles. Alright, so they were both Gentiles. Both lived during times of widespread unbelief in Israel. Jesus' point was that God bypassed all the widows and lepers in Israel, yet showed grace to two Gentiles. Wow. It's huge, isn't it? Further to this, William MacDonald says, Imagine the impact of Jesus' words on Jewish minds. They placed women... Gentiles and lepers at the bottom of the social scale. Okay? But here the Lord pointedly placed all three above unbelieving Jews. Let's stop there for a minute. That is, that is a key thing. Who is Jesus? God manifested in the flesh. If you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. You watch what I tell you is important. That's what God says is important. I don't say or do anything that I don't first see. And can I say here, my father doing and saying first. Hear me, okay? So what he's doing now is he's cutting across all the religion that has that's prevailed for so long. Thinking that has prevailed for so long. That it has almost become that is God. And now Jesus stands in direct opposition to all of it. And says, no. This is God. That is a mess. <laughs> okay? That's religion. And now you wonder why nobody comes to me. He's God, remember? Okay, come to me. Okay? Continuing with the quote. What he was saying was that Old Testament history was about to repeat itself. In spite of his miracles... He would be rejected, not only by the city of Nazareth, but by the nation of Israel. 
He would then turn to the Gentiles, just as Elijah and Elisha had done. History was about to repeat itself. The religious Jews were rejecting him. Not the common people, okay? The religious ones. Interesting, isn't it? This is where the Roman centurion incident comes in as well. When he comes in, he says, speak the word only. And then Jesus turns around and he says, he starts to talk about people who come from the east and the west. They're just going to come from everywhere. And they're all going to come into the kingdom. See this? But the sons of the kingdom are going to be in hell, basically is what he said. Are you seeing this? He's looking at them and saying, this was meant to be you first, then them. And the way it's going right now, they're going to get in. And you're going to end up not even in heaven. Which is very, very sad. Do you know why? Do you know why it's so sad? Because he made a promise to Abraham. Okay, added to all this, Craig Evan makes a very interesting point when he says, what makes all this... Uh, preaching so unacceptable is that the people of Jesus' time expected Messiah to come and destroy Israel en- Israel's enemies, not minister to them. <laughs> okay? See, again, the problem. He comes, he does what they don't expect him to do. What they don't want him to do. He's showing mercy. He's healing. He's just favoring people that they just threw out there didn't have a second thought about it and just said, well, you, you're just privileged to be even in our presence, was their you know, attitude. Like it or not, this was the dawn of a new era in history, in the history of redemption. Amen. And so Luke chapter 4 verse 28 goes on to say, So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were full of joy. And they said, what a wonderful example this is. And didn't we learn our lesson? And so we will all repent now and say we're so... No, no, it's not in the notes. And we say... <laughs> somebody go, where, where is the notes? He's got different notes again now, okay? <laughs> and we should repent. And then we should, we should say sorry to God that we missed up, messed everything up so badly. We missed it so much that we didn't even recognize our own Messiah. And we're asking Him to do miracles. How terrible of us. And then the earth, and then the, 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 the temple shook. Sorry, I have to continue for one more thing. And the presence of God came down, which is what would have happened. Had they all repented, something incredible would have happened. Are you all here? Oh, yeah. Man, I mean, it would have just, it would have descended on them. Something would have happened. Oh, they would have seen stuff like they had never seen before because their hearts would have been right. They would have realized that they were hard-hearted, they were narrow-minded, they were elitist, there were all kinds of things, and they had just needed to stop and say, Sorry God, we get it. Please don't pass us by. You know the old kumbaya? Okay? <laughs> okay? Don't pass us by God, we're sorry. We see the error of our ways now. And whoa, they would have had a meeting. But no, sadly that's not what it says. Let's actually see what it says here. So <laughs> So, I want to do that to you because, you know, we are so used to just reading what's there. We don't realize what was missed, what should have been there, what could have been. Amen? All right. So, all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. This is the first time Luke actually mentions a hostile opposition to Christ's ministry. 
All right? And I've said here, this one's house of prayer and worship has quickly become a place of anger, bitterness, and hatred. Showing us that there wasn't any real worship going on there. Just a lot of religious activity. Amen? And these religious, self-righteous, whitewashed tombstones, that's my part, okay? (laughs) Back to the verse. Rose up (laughs) and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Verse 30, I love verse 30. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. It shows us what's available to us. Then passing through the midst of them. It was miraculous. Okay? They wanted to throw him off a cliff. They couldn't find him. He just went... Think about this now. Can we just... They are so mad. They have taken... Can we be real here for a second? Please get this, okay? They are physically taking him to a cliff to throw him off of it. Which point did they let go? And which point did they decide, oh, look, he's passing through the midst of us. Oh, let him just go. Are, are you all here? Okay. These are people that are intent on killing this person. Listen to me. They take him to a place to throw him off. And suddenly, what happens? They don't know where he is. Suddenly he just disappears. Can you imagine the person that was hanging on to him and suddenly he's not there? And he goes through the midst of them. But he, they don't know. They don't tell me he gave him a look. He would have done that before they took him up to the hill. Come on now. You know, we, we, we get all religious suddenly. Stop being religious here for a minute. I need you to think about this. These are people that are mad. They're not thinking straight. There's no reasoning with them. And he walks right through the middle of them. Don't tell me that wasn't miraculous. Don't tell me that they could see him. If they could see him, they would have done something about it. They obviously didn't see what was going on. Something happened and he just disappeared and just went right through the middle. Right through the middle. I think that's just hilarious. You know, it didn't beat me up, Scotty. It's like, no, I want to walk right through the middle of all of you. And you're not going to even, you are not going to touch me, kind of thing. And they don't know to touch him. You know, God can do whatever he needs to do. I want to point this out because, remember, greater works than these shall you do. Can we start doing some of these? Okay, the crowd turned nasty. Don't turn and run. Okay, (laughs) can we exercise some faith? I, I need you to do stuff. I need you to start believing for things now. Okay? Start believing for things. Just say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to walk right through the... You, they, whatever they're doing, they're not going to know I'm here anymore. Enough. You decide. Amen? Enough martyrs, okay? Can we live? Sheesh. You know, just people, I tell you. Too much emphasis on dying. Not enough on miracles. I love the Apostle John because of that. He just decided he wasn't going to die. Cook him in oil, whatever, he wasn't going to die until he was good and ready. Everybody else, all the other apostles, didn't make up their mind in that way. He just decided, no, no martyr here. Not happening. Nice as it may, I won't go in your martyr's book, that's okay. I'm happy to live. (laughs) Let's write a book on overcoming the world. 
And so he writes, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. He didn't say our martyrdom saves the world. He said this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He said, you know what? They don't have to kill you. You overcome them. Let them realize they're dealing with a superior power. They'll get it. Amen. Amen. Okay, never mind. All right. You got that, right? You got it. Okay. William MacDonald writes, Doubtless this was instigated by Satan as another attempt to destroy the royal heir. But Jesus miraculously walked through the crowd and left the city. His foes were powerless to stop him. As far as we know, he never returned to Nazareth. And this shows us that in some cases, rejection can be final. Amen. Let's stop there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll pray and conclude for today. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you today for this word, and we thank you, Father, for...